Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, Saints fans. Hello, Pelicans fans. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report, your podcast. And greetings from Sacramento, California, where it is going to be uh, 76 and sunny today. Outstanding day. It is Good Friday, and we're blessed to be with you here, not only on Good Friday, but uh, also on this road trip here for the Pelicans as they are winding things down in the regular season and remain very much in the hunt for the Western Conference playoff chase. As I mentioned, a beautiful day here. As we understand, it's a beautiful day back home as well. I'm looking out at the uh, California State Capitol building just outside my hotel room window here in Sacramento where the Pelicans will take on the Kings at 9 Central tonight, game two of a three-game West Coast road trip. We've got a lot to talk about here on the podcast today. I think, frankly, we've got a great show for you. Certainly, we're going to talk Pelicans, and we'll do so with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams today. We'll share with you some of the uh, Monty Williams radio show from last night. But uh, we'll also talk Final Four. Final Four weekend is here. They are buzzing away in Indianapolis, and the games are tomorrow. And then, of course, the championship is on Monday. We're very pleased to bring Ian Eagle back to the Black and Blue Report. Ian has been working in the NCAA tournament for CBS Television and uh, CBS Westwood One Radio throughout uh, up until this uh, Final Four weekend. So he certainly can give us probably our best preview of what we'll see with those four teams there in Indianapolis. Um, you know, Kentucky obviously going for perfection. We'll all be watching that. And the Big Ten certainly pleased to have two teams uh, in these uh, Final Four as well. And uh, on the Saints side, a really great way to end the week. Um, a fantastic story is, um, is um, I guess, getting some attention here with the announcement of the retirement of Dan Simmons, the longtime head equipment manager of the New Orleans Saints. The Saints yesterday announced that uh, Dan, or Chief, really, as everyone calls him on campus, um, that Chief is retiring after 42 years of service to the New Orleans Saints. He'll... Uh, He'll step into a, a more limited role, but remain the longest tenured Saints employee in the organization's history. And uh, we're celebrating Dan a little bit today. John DeShazer had a chance to sit down with Chief and interview him about kind of his, uh, well, his run as the head equipment manager of the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to also uh, play that for you on today's Black and Blue Report. So we've got a busy day here from Sacramento. 
The Pelicans are at shoot-around currently as I'm visiting with you. They're getting ready for tonight's game. We'll take our first break, and then we'll start to get you ready for tonight with uh, Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams. Stay with us. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to get your seats now and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, Final Four conversation with Ian Eagle and John DeShazer's visit with Dan Simmons uh, upon his retirement from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, First up, though, uh, head coach Monty Williams from the New Orleans Pelicans. Last night on Thursday, his radio show aired at WWL-FM. We want to share part of that with you today. Uh, This is part two of the interview from last night. It zeroes in on the fact that the Pelicans are on the brink of achieving a winning season and uh, where they still stand in this very uh, entertaining and red-hot playoff chase uh, as we get into the weekend now. Uh, Oklahoma City is at Memphis tonight. Pelicans obviously here in Sacramento against the Kings. So here is part of my interview yesterday with head coach Monty Williams for his radio show on WWL. Last night, the Pelicans picked up their 40th win of the season. It is very realistic that uh, by the time that we visit again on a Thursday night on the Monty Williams Show, the Pelicans will have achieved one of their goals, and that is a winning record uh, under their belt for this season. Coach, let me ask you this. Uh, in the uh, progression of your program, the evolution of what you're trying to do, where does a winning season rank, and where does uh, this fact that you're in a nightly battle for the Western Conference playoffs, which means what to you at this point? They're all big. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to belittle or act like I don't care about playoffs. But when we started this season, uh, we felt like as a staff and and pretty much me that you you can't skip steps. You know, the first thing we had to do was get a winning record, and we hadn't done that. We stripped the program down to the bottom pretty much three years ago, four years ago. And we knew it was going to be tough uh, with the ownership change and stripping the program to get back to where we needed to get to. And when I got there, you know, we felt like the team was at best an eighth seed. And, you know, we were able to achieve that and move past it. At the same time, we didn't feel like we had the kind of team that was going to take us to the next level. And so we had to do some things to try to get to that point. And that was going to be hard. And you had to have some thick skin if you were going to go through it. And so we thought about the steps we had to take, and the process was going to be a long one. And uh, this year we felt like we had a chance to be a team that competed for the playoffs, but the first thing we had to do was get a winning record. You know, We have so many guys on our team who never had a winning record and so many guys on our team who don't know what it's like to play this time of the year. And, you know, our fans don't know this, but a lot of the time guys, when they haven't, one or they haven't played this time of the year, their body just starts to shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
when when October comes around, September comes around, your body knows it's time for training camp. Well, the same thing applies to this time of the year for guys like Tyreek and Eric. They're usually not playing for anything. AD, same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a it's a process for us. And so to get a winning record, to be playing for the playoffs is a huge step for us. Um, as I say all the time, we got to take it one game at a time. But we, ha- we have a chance to achieve one of our goals, and the other one is in sight. 18 games missed for Ryan Anderson, 15 for Anthony Davis. Drew Holiday, I've stopped counting at this point. Um, and it may be unlikely that he's able to return this regular season. So in order to achieve that winning record, what happened? What worked or what was adjusted to put you in this situation despite those key players missing so much time? You know, Sean, we, we had to uh, revamp, change the offense a little bit. You know, we started with Tyreek at the three. We brought him off the bench, and then we had to put him at the point guard position, which was something we didn't feel like we were going to have to do much this year at all. AD emerged as a budding superstar, and that changed a lot of our offense. And you know, we started to run even more stuff through him. We had to acclimate Omir into our system. All these things are part of coaching, and and, no, and nobody's you know complaining about it. But it was totally different than the plan we had back in you know July and August. Um, even when I was in Spain, you know, writing down my plans when I had a two minutes away from Coach K. <laughs> it's just been a different different task this year. Um, but we've dealt with it before, but never in a situation where we were playing for a winning record and trying to make it to the playoffs. So we've had to change on the fly and try to win, whereas in the past we were changing on the fly just to compete, and it's a totally different deal. Coach, you're kind of almost in the equivalent of a room with no windows right now. Um, it's you and your guys, and uh, and I try to prod you, not on a nightly basis, but <laughs> semi-regularly about other things around the league. I do want to say this, though. In this playoff chase in the West and, uh, and what we're seeing up and down the standings here, the individual performances from different players, you know, Harden goes for 50-plus last night, uh, Westbrook, what he's done and everything else, Cousins and his remarkable season as well. It sure seems like, and you've been around this league a a lot longer than I have, but what we're seeing right now around the league from team achievement to individual achievement, I can't help but wait to get to see the highlights and the stories almost on a nightly basis. Yeah, there's so many. I like the team achievements that have been overlooked when you look at Atlanta, the way they've come out of not nowhere, but they nobody expected them to play at this level. Golden State could probably win 70 games if they wanted to this year, but they've decided to rest their guys and get ready for the playoffs. And the fact that they have a first-year coach and doing what they're doing and Steph Curry uh, ripping through the league. Uh, Tim Duncan, uh, Tim's like 45 years old. <laughs> He's played in every game this year and led his team. Uh, they got a chance to get to the maybe second seed and he's not even in the conversation for MVP. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge declining to have surgery and you know playing better than he did before he hurt his hand. It's, it, it's an amazing thing to watch some of these guys uh, and teams play at this level. And it's, it's a different game now. I mean, I think there's more attention on certain things, but the game has changed and it, it has allowed for this. And I think you're going to see even more in the future I wouldn't be surprised to see someone go for 60 or 70 points here in the near future because of the games changing towards offense and and allowing guys more freedom to do uh, what their talents will allow. All right, exciting back-to-back starting tomorrow. Kings Friday, Blazers on Saturday before you get to go back home. Let's let fans in a little bit on what you're thinking 
how you're looking at these two games, whether it be from a mental aspect, a strategic aspect, I'll leave it to you. But what's worth sharing is as we all get ready to watch these next two games. It's uh, about as boring as I am. Um, I just want to have a great practice. Um, I think the practices and focus set the tone for the game. And like I said, our, we have guys who've never been in this position before. And so they don't know what it's like to have great focus at this time of the year. And so as bad as we want to have a great game, the practice leading to that game, the shoot around leading to that game are just as important. And our guys have to recognize that and make sure that everything they do from here on out is important. Uh, sleep, the, what you eat, and, and we're, we're constantly talking to our guys about that. And, you know, the, the, the game plan won't change much. Uh, we know Sacramento is a, a really good team, and Coach Carl has those guys playing pretty well. And DeMarcus is another guy. If they had won more games, he'd be in the MVP conversation. So mm -hmm. our game plan won't change much. We'll make tweaks in-game, and we may have a few changes before the game starts based on their personnel. But for us right now, the next phase is our shoot-around, our practice, in which – allows us to get ready for the game and our approach and that at times can dictate how we play. I'm going to let you get back to your film work. <laughs> I know every minute is precious here as we go down the stretch. Coach, as always, thanks. Good luck this weekend out west. Yeah, thank you. All right, the Monty Williams Radio Show is uh, yours on Thursdays at 8 Central on WWL-FM. We'll hear more from Coach tonight right before the Pelicans take on the Sacramento Kings here in Ryan Anderson's hometown. Pelicans will be going for their 41st win of the season tonight and have a chance to pull even, I think, with the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, depending on how the Thunder do against the Memphis Grizzlies. Exciting, exciting stuff. We'll be on the air at 9 Central on the Pelicans Radio Network, uh, 8.30 Central pregame coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans with the TV folks tip off again just after 9 o'clock. All right, we'll stay with basketball. We'll turn our attention, though, to the college game. And when we come back, we'll visit with Ian Eagle from CBS and get you a preview of this weekend's Final Four action. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrp.com and while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, the college basketball world takes center stage this weekend, and I uh, want to take a little bit of time this week to talk about the Final Four because I really I really like this Final Four. I don't know what it is, but this is very intriguing to me. And Ian Eagle returns to us here on the Black and Blue Report. He's uh, not only covered college basketball for CBS all season long, but certainly uh, television and then on the radio side this past weekend for CBS and Westwood One. Uh, he's thoroughly an expert on all four of these participants this weekend. 
in Indianapolis. Uh, Ian, first of all, hello. Thanks again because you're like the Swiss Army knife for us, uh, whether it be the NFL, the NBA, or NCAA. Um, but you are you are up close with each of these four teams, aren't you? Yeah, I, I've seen all four teams in person, and I have a pretty good feel for their respective seasons and how all of this transpired. First of all, uh, let's let's acknowledge that I'm not sure it could have gone much better for the NCAA, considering uh, you've got blue blood programs in there, you've got big name coaches, you have so many subplots and storylines with the rematch of Kentucky and Wisconsin and the undefeated season for John Calipari on the line, Tom Izzo and Mike Krzyzewski colliding again, Izzo doing it with a team that a month ago nobody would have expected to be in the Final Four, Michigan State playing its best basketball at the right time, Duke doing it with limited bench play, yet he has squeezed so much out of his team defensively a lot of question marks throughout the season but when they needed it they stepped forward this past weekend against Gonzaga so uh, I think uh, this is the the way they wanted it and it doesn't always work out the way you want when it comes to the final four this one uh, really lines up to be a, a special weekend in Indy coaching matters at this level and you mentioned you you just touched on some of the names um, I could probably throw a couple more into the circle but as far as the top coaches in the in in the sport right now, man, you, 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 I don't know who you'd argue that shouldn't be there. Yeah, and Sean, I think obviously X's and O's wise, it's a part of it. But even deeper than that is the culture that has developed at these schools, and their head coaches are responsible for it. And you can go one by one. Bo Ryan, a guy that's been doing this a long time. Uh, 14 years at Wisconsin, his 31st year as a head coach. He spent 15 years at Wisconsin Platteville. That's a Division three school. He then went to Wisconsin-Milwaukee, had success there, and got the head coaching job at the big school in the state for the Badgers. And his way, his approach, we know it's old school. We know that it's defense and efficient offense. But this is the best group of talent that he's had in his 14 years at Wisconsin, and he's had very good teams. This is the best team. In Kaminsky, National Player of the Year candidate, Nigel Hayes, who's a guy that looks like he could easily play in the NFL, great athlete, Sam Decker, who's made big shots throughout his life, including his senior year at Lutheran in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, to win the state championship, a three-pointer with two seconds left. Uh, Josh Gosser, who has been a rock for this uh, program for the last five years. He's a fifth-year senior, had to have a redshirt year because of injury. And then this is where it gets interesting. Trayvon Jackson, Jimmy Jackson's son, was the starting point guard. He goes down with an injury in February against Rutgers. He has not returned. They plug in Bronson Koenig, who's a sophomore from La Crosse, Wisconsin, Native American roots. And not only have they not missed a beat, they're better. He's been more of a galvanizer for them, more of a natural point. Jackson was a convert, more of a two-guard that had to play point. Koenig plays the position and plays it uh, the way that Bo Ryan wants. So uh, just focusing in on Wisconsin and Bo Ryan's story uh, just shows you uh, how much of an effect he had on that school and his way, his mentality that's rubbed off, and you can – get into it deeper with any one of these four schools. The coaches really are uh, the face of, of the programs, and that's what happens in college basketball when you're really successful. 
Why will John Calipari, in your opinion, make history this weekend, or why won't he? Yeah, the the Notre Dame game was a classic game. Notre Dame did everything right except win the game. Their last three possessions were a bit shaky. Final possession, their best player, Jaron Grant, who I believe is going to be an impact player in the NBA, by the way. Brother already playing with the Philadelphia 76ers, Jeremy Grant. Harvey Grant's son, Horace Grant's nephew. I understand the approach. Uh, you want the ball in the hands of your best player. Kentucky is so long. That Lexington skyline that I saw firsthand at the end of the regular season against Florida with Cauley Stein and with Carl Anthony Towns and with Trey Lyles and Dakari Johnson and Marcus Lee, uh, it's, it's an NBA front line. Uh, that's what they have. And these guys are going to play in the NBA. All the guys that I mentioned will, uh, Marcus Lee may not, but the others will will be NBA players. So Calipari, he has somehow maintained the kind of atmosphere that's allowed this team to remain loose amidst all this pressure. And that's what struck me when I went there and, and I sat through a two-and-a-half-hour practice the day before their game against Florida. Their body language is off the charts impressive. This is not a team that's tight, and the proof is in the pudding. When it came down to the wire against Notre Dame, and they had to have successful possessions and defensive stops, they came through. And to me, that's, that's the clear indicator that this team is ready to make history. They've done it every which way. They've had the blowouts. They've had the close games. The problem for them is that Wisconsin isn't intimidated by them, and while it's only one year ago and Wisconsin lost the game after Harrison hit yet another big shot last year, I think of all the matchups, this is the one that that could give them the most trouble, and Mm. they just happen to draw them in the national semifinal game. Yeah, I figured it would be on Saturday that they might have that, that problem. All right, here's Tom Izzo. As you mentioned a month ago, Probably not, um, but here he is again, seventh Final Four. Um, but yet he's one and eight against Duke, and yet I watched Duke a little bit over this past weekend. That didn't really blow me away, but yeah. they're there. So that that game is, I don't know, pick them really. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those kind of games based on the fact that Michigan State is playing better than them right now. There's a confidence with Michigan State. Not to say that Duke isn't confident; they are. Uh, The thing with Duke that troubles you is over the course of the NCAA tournament, there is going to come a time where you need some kind of spark plug, somebody off the bench. Matt Jones has been that guy, but that's basically it. Grayson Allen's a freshman. Marshall Plumlee is uh, not a guy that's having a major impact. They're leaning so much on Justice Winslow right now. Tyus Jones savvy very savvy point guard he finds a way he's a pure point he makes his teammates better and then Jaleel Okafor this is maybe a good sign for Mike Krzyzewski and company they haven't required monster games from him to advance Michigan State it's truly a team effort Uh, there's no one guy Trice is the one that that takes on a lot of the responsibility and he'll make big shots for them but Bryn Forbes came to play in the victory over Louisville. Denzel Valentine is a leader on this team, an emotional leader for them. Brandon Dawson has not had a great tournament offensively, but made the biggest play of the game on a putback after a miss late in overtime. Gavin Schilling, Matt Costello, rotation big men that have done exactly 
what Tom Izzo has asked for. And then every now and again, he'll get something out of a Marvin Clark Jr. or Alvin Ellis. Uh, Lou Rolls, Tum Tum Nairn, emotional. He was crying at the end of the game. Uh, this is a kid that was from the Bahamas that uh, got plucked out of there to attend Sunrise Christian Academy, the same school that produced Buddy Heald, who's a star at Oklahoma. They're very close friends from the Bahamas, and it's this incredible story that he got a chance. At, he's listed at 5'10". I don't think he's that, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's starting for the Michigan State Spartans. So there is a trust level that, that Tom Izzo has in him. Uh, this team is not the most star-studded group that he's had. Uh, I don't know if there are any NBA players on this roster. I'm not convinced there are, but it doesn't matter. They're here, and I give them absolutely uh, the kind of chance that you were alluding to against Duke. Uh, They can play with this team. There's no doubt in my mind. Ian Eagle with us. Uh, In that vein, Ian, um, I've had good basketball people tell me that what they saw in college basketball during the regular season was borderline dreadful, that it just didn't look good across college basketball, but yet I think that most would be pleased at how this tournament has gone. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. It was not a banner year in college basketball. You had conferences that were down. Everybody was talking about the Big Ten, and that's ironic because two of the teams in the Final Four are from the Big Ten. Uh, they were top-heavy in the Big Ten. ACC, a little bit better this year than previous years, but all in all, uh, you didn't feel the, the natural powerhouses were there. Kentucky, uh, that really became a, a one-conference league, the SEC, way down this year. Big 12, very good, but didn't fare well in the tournament. Uh, Pac-12, Big East, uh, this, this is not one of those years that you'll look back on and say, wow, mm-hmm. uh, college basketball season was just so intriguing. The postseason has been, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that You've had these big-time programs reemerge. Uh, Kentucky being good is a good thing in college basketball. And, look, we all love Cinderella stories. We all love those opening early-round upsets. But the bottom line is if they make it to the Final Four, there's a chance that you're going to get a clunker uh, when you get some of these teams from the mid-major programs. Again, uh, love it when you see it, but the end result doesn't often match the hype. When you get four teams like this with the coaches that have the experience that they have to prepare for these moments, uh, odds are uh, you're going to get competitive games, and the tournament has delivered. Uh, There's something about it, Sean. I've done it 18 years now, and while the basketball is not at the level that you're accustomed to calling the Pelicans games or I'm accustomed to calling the Nets games, the competition and what's at stake is tangible. You feel it. You feel it in these arenas and the ambiance. When you get some of these potential upset teams making runs against the big boys, that swing vote shifts very quickly inside these arenas and these stadiums. And there's there's nothing like uh, 30,000 fans uh, getting into something like this and and getting behind a school that they had no interest in until they decided to show up at uh, an NCAA tournament game. So uh, there is there is still something special about this tournament, and, and this year is going to go down as one of the more enjoyable ones. Well articulated. All right, real quick, um, who plays on Monday night and who cuts down the nets? Whew, uh, my, 
my sense is Kentucky will find a way, although I think Wisconsin will go tooth and nail with them. But I do think Kentucky's got a little bit of the uh, the objective in mind and the chance to make history and the team to do it. So I'll go Kentucky on that side. I'm really torn on this Michigan State-Duke game. I think Michigan State can clip them, and I think they will. Spartans against Kentucky, Tom Izzo against John Calipari, and I think Kentucky wins the national championship and completes the 40-0 season. All right, there you go. I, I can't disagree with you uh, by any means, and you know a lot more about what's going on with these teams than I do, um, but it's hard to deny Cal's team right now. It's just, Sean, uh, let me put yeah. it to you this way, though. When I start and I get the assignment, I had to do the first four in Dayton to open up on, on a Wednesday prior to uh, the, the other sites getting underway. And I was assigned North Florida as one of my teams. And I must at least acknowledge and admit that I had no idea that their nickname was the Ospreys. And I must take it another level and tell you I had no idea what an Osprey was. So while I want to at least give you the sense that I have conviction when I'm on the air, <laughs> uh, there are moments where my head is spinning. And I now know that, that an Osprey is is a is a bird and it is it's a prey bird it, it's going to go and, and look for fish it's a, a sea seeking uh, bird that's all i've got and and now i know that for the rest of my life well you, you're you're better for it uh just like many who have t- tried to study the pelicans uh, for that matter <laughs> fierce <laughs> vicious bird of prey i i also had robert morris uh, in in the uh, first four, and I don't again. I, I'm not proud of this, but I had to do some research and uh, figure out who who Robert Morris was. I now feel very close with Robert Morris that that I could just call him Bobby. Uh, that that's that's the level of commitment I have in in trying to get myself ready for these games. Robert Morris, by the way, was one of, one of our founding fathers. Signed the Declaration of Independence and uh, was really the first accountant of the country, first businessman for the United States of America. So you can pack that away in your Cliff Clavin notes one day. So they're the fighting bean counters, is that right? No? <laughs> yeah. No. They are the uh, colonials. Yes. Uh, they are the colonials, but they, they could have been the bean counters. It just doesn't sound quite as good. Uh, your virtuous, uh, uh, candid, uh, I guess, uh, admission to all this, uh, Ian, just takes you from not only – a handshake with these teams, but perhaps a hug. I think so. I, yes. I deserve a hug. I yes. deserve an embrace. No doubt. Um, we're better for it having you today, and I appreciate your uh, preview of the Final Four with us. And you got it, my man. Enjoy it. I think the games are going to be fun, so it should be a banner weekend for, for college basketball, and, and it looks like they're going to end on a high. No matter what the permutation is, uh, they're going to have a big-time matchup in in the championship game on Monday. If, if I've got my Iron Eagle scorecard right, the NFL is now done. Um, the NCAA tournament is now done. Uh, the only thing I think you have left is the Brooklyn Nets. Does that leave you time to what? Uh, chisel a log cabin in the northern woods of New York? Or what's left now on your calendar? Are you bored? Yeah, that's so odd that you would bring that up. I'm, I'm very handy. People don't, don't know that about me. I like to work with my hands. I'm an outdoorsman. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to just start building things uh, in the New York, New Jersey area. And we'll see what happens by the end of August, how much I get done. Sean, I, it's uncanny how much you know me. Um, Ian, when I've seen you and heard you as many times as I have over the last nine months, I can't help <laughs> but know you 
in a special way. Uh, I've become ubiquitous. I, yes. I need to work on that. Um, thanks again, my friend. I really appreciate it. I hope, uh, as I can hear in your voice, you thoroughly enjoyed your time during the tournament, and uh, all the best to you up uh, in New York the rest of the way for the NBA season, too. Thanks, Sean. It was yep. a blast, and, and I look forward to seeing you soon, bud. Ian Eagle, uh, NFL on CBS, voice on the television side of the Brooklyn Nets, NCAA basketball, regular season and tournament for CBS and Westwood One, and apparently also um, Log Cabin Builder. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's 2 a.m. You went to the casino confident you'd win. This time, instead, you lost the money that was supposed to pay your bills. Tonight, you're ready to admit you need help. If you or a family member has a gambling problem, treatment services are available at no cost for Louisiana residents. Call now, 1-877-770-STOP. The help is free and confidential, so call now, 1-877-770-STOP. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Well, Dan Simmons retired this week as the head equipment manager of the New Orleans Saints. 42 years of service. (laughs) Stories that uh, probably none of us will ever be able to catch up to, but certainly now uh, in a great position to assume the alumni slash legends coordinator position with the New Orleans Saints. It only makes sense for a guy who's been there all the way through it since the early 70s, as a matter of fact. Think about all the folks that Dan Simmons has worked with and through and beyond, as Chief explains during a visit here just most recently with our own John DeShazer. Obviously, there's a love for it, but how do you even develop a love for it? I know you said you worked with your dad, but was there ever a thought of you doing something else? Uh, not really. I didn't... I couldn't coach. I wasn't gonna do. I wasn't gonna do that. But no, I, I enjoyed it, and I now had a. I was fortunate. I really was uh, to be able to uh, uh, work for him, and uh, I just I got now the service, and uh, was uh, going to school, and and also started work for my dad part time up with the Cardinals, and and uh, I really liked it. I really did, okay. and. Uh, Longest tenured Saints employee. What does that mean to you? Does that carry a special significance to you? It really does. It, it really does. I'm uh, uh, looking back at uh, all the people that have gone through this through this organization, and uh, I have uh, I've been fortunate and uh, to uh, to last all those years, and and. Uh, it's it's I've had a lot of guys that have worked for me and I've had some coaches that have been here come through twice you know <laughs> since I've been here I even had some of my uh, some of my uh, student managers or ball boys as they used to call them and and uh, had 
gone on to become head coaches in the NFL, and and it's it's really meant a lot. I've really met uh, a lot of great people uh, since I've been here. Now, I won't put you on the spot as to uh, who you don't like and who you like, <laughs> but uh, who are some of the more memorable people, I guess, you've come in contact with in this in this profession? Uh, I've had uh, a lot of the, especially a lot of the coaches in, uh, when I first started. They, some coaches like uh, Hank Stram, mm-hmm. Bum Phillips, Dick Nolan, those guys were, were really, really uh, great coaches and, and, and good to work for. And uh, it's funny, I, I talked to, we just went to a uh, NFL equipment manager meeting over in Houston. Uh, Bob and Corey and I went over there and just got back. And, and it's funny, it, it really, uh, you start feeling how old you are when when I get some of these guys asking me. Said, "Did you know Bum Phillips? Did you know Hank Strain? You know, that, like they couldn't believe it." You know? I said, "Yeah, I sure did." As you as you get nearer to the end, do you do more reflection, and does it get more melancholy, or do you just kind of forge ahead and and then you reflect on it later? Uh, I've I have started uh, reflecting. On it some, uh, especially at this meeting we just went to. When I, when I looked around the room there and saw all the the young guys now in the league, and and I go to start telling a story, and I and I'm thinking, said, my gosh, nobody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> they might have heard uh, about some of these guys, especially some of the, as I call them, the the legend uh, equipment managers that that I grew up uh, that were in the league back then and and uh, yeah a lot of the guys now don't they don't have a clue who I'm talking about did you ever think about leaving or, or more than that did you ever fear that when there was a coaching change or a regime change that your job might be in jeopardy yeah I guess there's always that concern uh, I never thought about uh, I really didn't I never thought about leaving uh, unless I was forced to but uh yeah especially especially nowadays i think with with the coaching changes back then you'd get a coach and a lot of them would you know stay here for for several years but now with the turnovers that you have and uh you see that uh, it used to didn't affect the 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 staffs as uh, like the trainers or equipment guys but you see that more so nowadays i guess and I know back then. You're a pretty low-key guy. Do you like or dislike or have no feelings at all toward, I guess, the fuss being made kind of over you? Because you're a guy who kind of, you know, we always see you in the background. We know you like to kind of keep it low-key. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I've always, uh, as Jim Finks had uh and talking to him years ago, he he said, "You just just hire good people, give them some direction, and let them do their job." You know, and, and that's been kind of been my motto. And I've really been in my 42 years, I've really been fortunate to have really uh, great assistants that work for me, and and it certainly makes this job a lot easier. Yeah. 
what to after this? Is this going to be a life of leisure now or <laughs> what do you do after this? I mean, you know, you've woke up every day for 42 years and I guess had specifically something to do, somewhere to go. What now? Probably whatever my wife wants me to do. <laughs> but I, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I'm an early riser. I, I get up at I get up at 4.30 and, and come to work and that's going to be an adjustment for me, you know. And uh, somebody was kidding me. He said, "Oh man, you'll be able to sleep in maybe till six o'clock now." <laughs> so, uh, I have uh, I have uh, the opportunity uh, now, uh, thanks to uh, Greg Benzel and Mickey, and um, to be involved with the uh, a Legends uh, alumni. Uh, and uh, help them uh, working uh, in that program. And, and I'm really, uh, to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to it, especially uh, getting back and, and getting in touch with a lot of the old players that I've known for 42 years. And it'll be good to see them again and get, in, get involved and, and uh, do some things with them. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, is this going to be like, you know, doing community engagements with these guys, or what is that going to entail? I think the first thing is trying to trying to get them all together, compile a list and find out, because these guys are scattered all over the place. And and uh, the league has started, they've implemented, they've got a lot of programs going on now and uh, with the uh, alumni slash legends, and... Uh, get them involved and let them know what's available and what the league's offering and uh, just go from there do some things uh, try to get more of them to come in come in town and, and uh, come to the Saints practices go to games and we'll be having the uh, our 50th anniversaries coming up in uh, 2017 will be the 50th year mm-hmm. and uh see about getting some of the guys that uh, off of that 67 team to come back and maybe have a special weekend for them. That would be fun. Chief, you were here through some lean times now. Um, <laughs> how did you, I guess, mentally get through it? Obviously, you know, it's different. You're not a player or a coach, but how did you get through it and, and stay upbeat going through it? Um, I had, uh, again, that's having good guys to to be with and fortunately my uh, I've got a I have a great wife and and uh, she was uh, encouraging and and uh, and it makes a difference if you don't have an opportunity to go someplace else (laughs) (laughs) but no it was uh, and then it it certainly ended uh, when we ended up going to the Super Bowl that was that was quite the deal there yeah, I was about to ask about that. How emotional did you get, you know, especially from someone who has been an employee for that long to finally get to that point? I mean, a lot of people come in and they say, you know, that's that's the goal I want. Yeah. That's where I want to be. But for you to have been around through some of the, the, the tougher times here, how emotional was that for you? It was, it really was, especially uh, uh, with my assistant, Dan Silky, who had been there with me all those years, too, and... and uh, uh, he was here for 38 years, and and to be with him that on that day in 
in Miami was was something special. It really was. Now you've been around here for the the tenure of Mr. Benson, obviously the uh-huh. longest tenured owner of the Saints. Just talk about your relationship with him and 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 how you know you guys have been able to kind of you know stay together and work together these years. Oh, it's been he's he's been he's been fantastic. In fact, uh, he stopped uh, stopped by the equipment room the other day after uh, uh, after lunch and. and Stuck his head in the equipment room and, and asked to see me, and I went out and and uh, he said, "I just want you to know that I want you to come back here and, and come go to some games. I want, don't want you to be a stranger, and uh, I want you to come up there and sit in the sit in my box up there with me and watch a game up there." And I said, "Well, that's very nice of you." Which says that's something in forty-two years I've never done. <laughs> the box suite. Yeah, I, was, I was about to ask you. You gonna know the way to the box suite? Or you're gonna go to the field. No, I just yeah, you're right. Yeah, somebody asked me that the other day. They said, "Have you ever been in the stands to watch an NFL game?" And I'm, you know, other than the Saints game. And I, you know, I said. Boy, that's a heck of a question. I had to stop and think a minute. And I said, "No, I, not that I no, I can't. Uh, I've never been done that. Sitting, been a fan or sitting in the stands and see a see a game." Okay, last thing. Forty-two years. How many days of work did you miss? Probably, I can't. Maybe three or four. I, I, I see. I was going to say less than ten. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had. Unfortunately, I had. I missed a day when my. My mother passed away about five years ago, and I missed, a, and actually, that I missed a preseason game, and we were playing the playing the Dolphins here, and I missed that game, but uh, I, I know it probably three or four is about it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna miss you around here and uh, leaving big shoes to fill. Well, I'm not gonna be a stranger. I'll still still be around here though. All right, that's you'll, you'll see me, just right. not every day. <laughs> All right, that's Dan Simmons for the Black and Blue Report. I'm John DeShazer. Chief, thank you so much, obviously for the visit, but certainly for your years of service. JD, nice job. Our days are certainly better around the facility here on Airline Drive when we get to see Dan Simmons, Chief, and his staff, whether it be at the lunch table or working as hard as they do for as long as they do each and every day. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this Good Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. The playoff pushes on as your New Orleans Pelicans fight for the postseason. Join us this Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center for another Guys Night Out against the Golden State Warriors. This ticket package includes two tickets, four beers, plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts, all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for Guys Night Out. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Pelicans game day. 
This is the Black and Blue Report. My hope is that you have a very blessed uh, and uh, wonderful Easter weekend. Hope you're with family and friends um, and celebrating, of course, uh, all that is involved with this holiday. And I hope that you enjoy all the basketball this weekend. Uh, Pelicans tonight against the Kings. Then we'll uh, jump on a plane and fly up to Portland and uh, take on the Trailblazers tomorrow night. You've got Final Four basketball as well, Saturday and uh, on Monday. And uh, all in all, I think things will be uh, pretty cool when we uh, get back with you on Monday for the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Reports. So thanks again to uh, John DeShazer and uh, Dan Simmons, Chief, today for a great interview. Ian Eagle was fantastic, and uh, so was Monty Williams, too. We will see you tonight on the radio again. Happy Easter, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.